Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open, you be queen, you were fired. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. King told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come. Dropping Gems. Dropping Gems. Hey, welcome back to the Dropping Gems podcast. As always, I'm your host, Debbie Brown. First, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to our last episode, which is our episode on purpose. I got so many... So many DMs, emails, messages um, from people that it really resonated with. And I just thank you for listening and being open to my thoughts on it and the information. And it did, it it created so much um, feedback and dialogue and so many like 
follow-up questions that I will be coming out with a part two in the next couple of weeks. So that is on the way for those that have been asking me. All right, today's show, super excited. My homegirl is here and she is legitimately um, one of, to me, one of the most interesting people that I know. And she's also like so effortlessly chic. Oh no. And as soon as you hear her voice, it's uh, <laughs> extra smoky. So I'm, I'm really excited to have my dear friend, um, who is now my neighbor yes. on the show today, <laughs> celebrity makeup artist, Joanna Simkin. Hey, oh, and this is my Kathleen Turner voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, neighbor. So effortlessly sexy. <laughs> Joanna. So Joanna is big time makeup artist. She has such a fascinating story. So many adventures. If you follow her on Instagram, I'm pretty sure you're obsessed with her. I have so many people that I'm friends with come up to me and like, wait, you know her? I'm like, <laughs> well, yes, not only do I know her, but like we barbecued. <laughs> That's better than what my husband gets who gets everywhere from airports to planes to events. Are you Joanna Simpkin husband? He goes, yes, yes, that is my official That's name. Me. That, that would be me. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> And you always see um, a lot of like the globe trekking on her stories, a lot of political commentary, and then her beautiful daughter, Noelle, yeah. aka Smush, killing it on the gram. I love Smush Bear. <laughs> so you do like, you do some of the biggest names in Hollywood. I do, and it's such a, it's so weird to hear like someone else like even introduce you as like, popping because you're yeah. you know you just Celebrity go about your day makeup oh, awesome. and you do the biggest names and I'm like oh I, I, oh I guess I do I'm like not in a jaded way like you just almost don't think of it like that when you're in it do you know what I yeah. mean you just kind of go and you get a booking and you work and you're running around and then like it's a normal day for you and then yeah maybe like there's a moment where you're with a client and all of a sudden you're like from the car to like the late night show and there's 500 people outside with like wow. cameras and, so, yeah. and you're like oh you're like famous famous because like I forgot yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah but yes I, I do do some very very famous people well, you know what it, and I mean you do like everybody like you do pop stars you do actresses you do rappers you do designers you do um are you allowed to say your clients like do you yeah I mean I work with I feel like a lot of people probably follow me on Instagram from like two big ones which would be Issa Rae and yeah. Zayn Malik um but yeah Carrie Washington um it's so funny because it's like I, sometimes I have to go through my Instagram and I'll be like oh right I, I totally I've worked with you but yeah I mean like from Amber Rose to, um, and sometimes I don't like to claim someone as my client, but like I've covered for other makeup artists doing their clients, like, um, for Janelle Monet and people yeah. like that. Um, you do Vera Wang. Vera Wang. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you just, and I'm like, I just did her last week. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. And even like male grooming. Like I know you recently did Schoolboy Q another Schoolboy previous Q, guest. On the show. And by the way, Charlemagne on the same shoot, the two of oh, them yeah. together, <laughs> another previous <laughs> guest. Yes. I worked with both of them. Yeah. Um, Troy Savon, who's like a really big pop singer. I work with the weekend. Um, yeah, I've done mm. a lot of male grooming, Jason Derulo. Um, and yeah, it's like sometimes like I might even have to go through like my agency's website and click through and be like, oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah we worked together. <laughs> That's crazy. And recently you did that really iconic cover of Issa. Oh, the Essence cover oh, that my everyone God. loved. I feel like that was like the cover scene around the world. I feel like, okay, I have like a huge respect for Essence just as an institution. And I feel like, not that they were getting stale, but like, you know, their cover, they were putting a lot of the same people and the covers looking the same. And then they they hired a new um, editorial director Moana Lu, and she I feel like has revamped the look mm. of the magazine and it has such a 
different feel because I feel like that Issa cover like springboard like those last the covers with like Ciara and Iman and Tiana Taylor and this cover that came out like two days ago with Tracy Ellis Ross that is like bonkers like who was shot by the same photographer who shot Issa by the way Itasia Jordan but I feel like yeah they've like they've sort of like breathe new life into the editorial at essence and it's just a joy and a pleasure i feel like for a lot i think like the whole aesthetic of like black girl magic is really changing because i think like for a long time especially with like essence or like ebony or like a jet even like the covers to me were more like like aimed at like the church audience almost. a little pageanty they were very in the pageanty, really like glossy just very like you know it would be like a bright blue um pantsuit or like, a lot of red blush and like, yeah yeah it, it, I, I think like um it, those publications and photo shoots in general for black women weren't allowed to feel as fly and editorial as like a Vogue or an yeah. L or a W or a Harper's. You weren't taking those risks. Yeah, yeah, you weren't you weren't seeing the fashion. You weren't seeing mm. like maybe like dra- drama and beauty in the hair like that that you should be seeing for black women and like the skin being highlighted properly. Yeah. And I think like it's so important to make because it's like you, you know I've shot. Issa for multiple covers and I've shot other black women for editorial and it I mean there is just something to be said for being put in a lens and an eye of like booking like an Itasia Jordan to shoot it yeah. just like the photos of Issa like Itasia saw her skin the way I do her skin do you know what I mean like yeah. she didn't just sort of do like this generic lighting that they would do on like when we're sharing a cover with like three white ingenue actresses who all look great in that lighting and there's like no adjustment for Issa so she just yeah. looks flat and whatever whereas like Itasia like saw her because Itasia sees herself you know mm. what I mean so it's just like the importance of like not that you have to be I mean I'm not black but like not that you have to be black yeah. to see it, but like to just have a respect and an understanding and to know to like make those tweaks and those changes can we and I really want to dive into that because you're not black but Mm. you are very much I feel like you are very much entrenched in black girl magic culture you know I think I am you know okay so I grew up in San Francisco which if you live in San Francisco now or visited San Francisco now you'd be like and um, <laughs> if you visited or lived in San Francisco in the 80s and 90s, you might be like, oh, and it's so funny. I worked with that comedian. Here's another one. Ali Wong, who mm. also grew up in San Francisco in the 80s and 90s. And we had this whole conversation about it was such a special time to grow up um, like in the Bay Area as far as just you know, for, for to Rachel Dolezal, to kind of weirdly be a little transracial, not to use that weird word, but to just yeah. sort of just, um, I think to like really effortlessly flow and be comfortable. Um, San Francisco had such a magical mix at that time that I, that is missing. And I don't know if you've seen that movie, um, the last black man in San Francisco, they kind of like address mm. like that changing demographic that's happened in the Bay area. But, you know, I think that I just kind of, it was like not an effort of mine. It was just like of naturally course, yeah. what I, I, that's how I grew up. It was my friends in high school. It was, you know, I grew up in the nineties when like hip hop was like super popping and like that was yeah. what was cool. And, you know, I think like, in you know, we're around the same age. And I think like at our time you were either listening to like, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam, or you were listening to like Biggie and, you know, I was listening yeah. to Biggie and, um, 
yeah, I think it just sort of like naturally flowed. But you know what too, like more so I would say, and for that, you're absolutely right. Like I think if you grow up in a coastal city, like mm-hmm. a New York, a San Francisco, a Los Angeles, the way that you experience diversity is completely different than other places. You experience it in a very authentic, like I'm not even trying to experience yes. it way. Your lives just, are very yeah, like blended together. Are. And like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't be in a room with you and your husband and our mutual friends and like, like not sort of like understand every facet of like lingo and yes. cultural references and we're playing taboo the other night and it's like even yeah. like the inner jokes you know what I mean those things come natural when that's like who you're naturally around you yeah because you know in cities like that it's really more like this dance like this beautiful merging um of cultures in every mm-hmm. moment like for breakfast I might have American for lunch I might have Korean for dinner I might have you know Ethiopian like and that's just like literally my comfort food is like cultures. dim sum it, like when I'm sick I yeah. want like hargao and I want like shumai yeah. and I, you know what I mean like I always because, do like a tom yum soup when I'm sick yeah like, like but it's grass. like that's just crazy that's like your comfort food with someone that grew up you know in not yeah. a coastal city they're you know like mom's chicken soup or like right. McDonald's or you know what I mean yeah. where that thing is that makes them feel better yeah that they just weren't exposed to so much well, other stuff. I, I was actually having this conversation when I lived in Houston with someone and they were like, what do you, you know, cause I was always homesick anywhere I've ever lived. That's not LA. I have enjoyed my time, but I was always deeply homesick. That's facts. Um, Cause California. I met you when you lived in New York. That's yeah. Facts. And <laughs> even in New York, which was like the pinnacle of like my career, right. I was like, I don't want to be here. In LA. I'm in California. <laughs> um, but one of my friends that I was talking to, she's like, what do you miss most? And I was like, I just missed the diversity. And she was like, what are you talking about? She was like, Houston is one of the top three most divert. That was, if you guys heard that on the mic, that was the doorbell. Um, but that it's one of the most she was like, Houston is one of the top three most diverse places in the nation. And I'm like, yeah, in theory, like Houston is, it had so, there was a huge like Nigerian population, huge Indian population, huge Chinese population, but no one was intermingling. That's what I so say So it's like very much about like you over Atlanta. here, me over here, you over there. Yes. And it wasn't like an effortless mix where the streets that I drive down, I'm seeing all of this, the food that I'm eating, the people I'm conversing with, you still had to go out of your way to have those experiences. It's so funny. I always have that conversation with people about Atlanta because when I say that there are, it's a struggle sometimes to find like very diverse metropolitan cities. People love to say, what about Atlanta? And I'm like, yeah, Atlanta's got everybody, but they're super spread out and they don't mix. And it's got this weird, like segregated feel still. It still feels like, yeah. The South. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know what? One of my first experiences in Texas when I was, um, this was 2010. So this was like my first, it was my first time there. Um, one of my girlfriends was a club promoter and she's Chinese and she was like, Hey, let's go to mix club Candy? tonight. Yeah. Candy. Yeah. Oh my God. Shout out to Candy girl. Shout out to God, Candy. So she runs she, Houston guys. Yeah. You want some nightlife. Oh my goodness. Listen, <laughs> Listen, we are days <laughs> Ooh, running the streets. Um, so she like she was just like, all right, girl, like she would always take me around and take me out. And she was like, let's go to this mix club. And I was like, what's a mix club? She was like, oh, you know, it's like where everybody parties together. And I was like, we just call those Do you clubs mean, like just a party, like a club. <laughs> we get to the door. Right. So I'm 
probably the guy had no idea what I was, but I'm black. She's uh, Chinese. And then he looks at us. He said, okay, stand over here. He said, I just let some black people in. So you got to wait till some come out until I can let you in. Stop. And he said it like very nonchalantly like that. Like it just was like, Hey guys. Oh yeah. Just stand over here. As soon as some black people leave, I'll let you in. What in the world? And I remember, and this is like 2010. And at that point I came straight there from LA. I didn't know. I had never, I had never in my life heard anything like that said out loud. And I was like ready to fight. Like I was like, what? Like I was like, what is happening? And nobody was phased by it. And then I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, every place is different. I I never experienced like overt racism there. Uh, I had a really great time in that city, but there is still the way we look at diversity, especially in non-coastal areas, is just so deeply different at the most fundamental of levels. Well, like the most interesting thing you said is that nobody was phased by it. Like that is just, that's that's business yeah, as usual no there. Yeah, no one found that rude at all. Like I would be... I- you guys can't see because it's a pot. My mouth, when she said that, was on the floor. Yeah. Like, I have never. I, I honestly, it was like some of the biggest culture shock I had ever experienced. That's insanity. And I wasn't used to be, people being so split up into just certain. And that's not to say that doesn't happen, obviously, in, in your New Yorks and L.A.'s. Like, yes, like, there are for sure um, some lines in the sand everywhere that you go, but... Yeah, so it's just it's just interesting the different experiences you have, especially when you start seeing more of the U.S. and more of the world. I think it's just like the effortlessness of it, like the yeah. the the that no one like that I would never walk into an event in L.A., New York, or San Francisco in the '80s and '90s and be like. I just let some black people in, so I'm going to need you to wait for a couple minutes until I let someone else in first. Like, what, what? in the world is... Girl, I was like, take me home now. You're like, we're done here. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I will burn this place down. Where did you guys go um, in? No. Not no, here. we didn't. No, because I, I was just so, like... There's no way I could have said, oh, okay, gotcha, and stood there and then watched black people walk out so I could walk in. There, like The I, irony no, is that no that was the mixed club? That was, that the, was the whole club. point of the club? <laughs> and so once I got inside, what it really was was white people and then five black people. And that was like a mixed club, you know? And they would play like hip-hop. some hip-hop. Top yeah. 40, like Nelly. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 A lot uh, of hot in her. A lot, <laughs> lot of Nelly on these streets. A no, lot of flow rider. Anyway. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I really wanted to, when I brought up the Black Girl Magic thing, what I really wanted to talk about was not just, not, not just that obviously like you are hip to so many different um, cultures and belief systems and, and you kind of are able to just beautifully and effortlessly flow through all kinds of communities and, and um, just effortlessly fit in and, and share space. But more so, like, you are one of those people, like, when people talk about allies, like, I think of you, I think of, like, Carly Hustle, like, mm-hmm. like the, Shout the to Carly level Hustle. of woke that the two of you are is just so inspiring and beautiful, and it's not, you're not trying, like, you're just being a decent human. You know what's also interesting about that, though? Carly Hustle, also from Northern California in the 80s and 90s. It's a special place, but yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, no, but, and so it's like you, you do, you work on so many of Hollywood's, like, biggest biggest black actresses like Mm -hmm. some of the biggest stars some of the people that are the the front runners of our culture and so it's like it's just it's just very beautiful to see and I just wondered really if you had any thoughts on it I 
am aware of it. Like, um, and I don't mean I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm aware. No, I, I, I'm like um, intentionally aware of it. I'm in, I'm intentionally aware of um, the responsibility of it. I'm aware also of like the optics of like in a time when everyone's promoting black girl magic and make your crew black. And I'm, I'm like aware that I'm like the white girl that's like let into these spaces and hired Mm. by people that like really champion it. And they like, you know, they kind of almost put their credibility as it were on the line. Like you have someone like an Issa who's like super, like I'm into hiring black women, da da da. And like I do her makeup and the rest of her team is black and almost overwhelmingly women. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, um, it doesn't make me any calculate. Like I couldn't be calculated if I tried as far as like what I present, but like, I'm so aware and I'm so sensitive, um, to moments. It's so funny. I was thinking the other day I was watching, I work with a stylist who's phenomenal. Often I work with him with Issa. Um, his name is Jason Rembert and he is an amazing black stylist, which there are few of them in Hollywood. Um, and they're amazing. It's like him, Jason Bolden, Wayman and Micah, Law, Colin Carter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could name you 50 white stylists. Um, and he has created a fashion line called Aliette, and they had the runway show yesterday. It was New York Fashion Week. And I was like, I was invited to the show, which was amazing. I couldn't attend. I was here in LA because I live in LA now and I'm your neighbor. Um, (laughs) And I, and I saw he hired a makeup artist who's a dear friend of mine who I love, Jessica Smalls, to key the show. Um, She's black. She's amazing. She does Janelle Monae. That's who I cover Janelle Monae for. Um, She is phenomenal. So deserving, aside from the fact that she's black. And I, I know that he intentionally was hiring like black people to, to work the show. Um, and it's like, I, I think about these moments where it's like, you know, she wrote like this beautiful thing to him that said, you know, I remember us starting as assistants and I was like, you know, it's like, there's a part of me that could be like, well, me and Jason started together as assistants too. You know what I mean? Mm. And I could be like, why, why wouldn't he call me to, to key the show? You know what I mean? Why would he give her? And I'm also like, a, what, what's for you doesn't pass you by B. I'm like, I so appreciate that he intentionally went out of his way to be like, I'm sure he looked at like his people as like, who's going to key my show. And he's like, who black is going to key my show? Because that is important to me. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's almost like, like I have to be aware of, of those moments of not, and I didn't feel like any like jealous. I mean, I like teared up when I saw what she wrote about it, like how he made her feel when he asked her to do it. And I just thought it was so beautiful and I was so proud of her and she did an amazing job. And, but it's just like moments like that where like, it's so easy to, to not live what you speak and to just sort of feel away because you weren't included or, you know, and, and to be like, and I don't think that that's allyship. Like, what kind of ally am I if I'm like, well, what about me? I'm like, well, then that has, that's nothing to do with what you speak and what you actually feel. And it's like, I don't even feel that way. Like I was so happy and proud to see him do that. I'm so happy and proud when I see like Kalana Barfield and Elaine Walteroth and and Lacey Redway and Jason and Jessica, and they're attending like special events being put together during fashion week for black creatives, because like those things have been missing for so long. long, And it's like what I scream about like every day, basically with that's what I promote is black girl magic and black boy joy and all of it. And I, and I love to see everyone supporting each other. It's not to say that I don't want to get booked on things, you know what I mean? But it's like, I, I love 
watching it and I just honestly I just feel like it's an honor to be included in Mm. this magic it's like um what's the quote like um God created black people and black people created style I'm like I'm just so honored to like be seen in that circle of like Mm. wow she's like fly enough to be part of this you know what I mean and I'm like that to me is such an honor because I and it's like no matter what people would say like obviously like black people set the culture black people set the trend like the music the style the look everybody wants to you know like everyone wants to look and sound and feel like black people they just don't want to you know have the struggle of black people and but and it's like yeah (laughs) you know it's like it's an honor to effortlessly fall into it and not feel like I'm like because I feel like there's other people that sort of like are peripherally in it that don't sort of naturally and I feel like they're forcing it and there'll be like moments whether it's like on Twitter or missteps where I'm like I don't even I couldn't even see myself making that kind of misstep because it's just not yeah. naturally me. And then it makes there's you wonder. There's a lot of pandering. There's a lot of pandering and the missteps make it so obvious mm-hmm. because I'm like, you could have you didn't even you, like you just showed your whole hand when you said that. Like yeah. I would never even say what you just said. You know what I mean? Like why would you like the fact that that even came into your mind is you know what I mean? And it's like it's kind of funny how because I think I think for the most part, like people of all like non-white communities since the dawn of time I've seen all the appropriation that happens mm-hmm. to their cultures but it it wasn't really necessarily like chartable in a tangible way until like black Twitter arrived on the scene yeah you know like For I sure. feel like when when social media came into play we were actually really able to see like oh shit like people are really creating the next thing based Moments on their comments and movement even if you look at like what happened what just happened with Popeyes yo like, Popeyes and, like, did you Chick-fil-A. see Popeyes is BYOB right now bring they said yo if you want a sandwich we're not making a sandwich right now but you could bring your own bun we have mayonnaise and pickles it's just three tenders guys they were like can y'all relax what? yes that's literally like that's Popeyes tweet today BYOB bring your own bun <laughs> You can make your own sandwich, guys. I was like, this is, but even just like the way, like the way the fast food companies tweet at each other. It's oh like black, it's black Twitter. It's Hilarious. amazing. By the way, if you're not part of black Twitter, why are you on Twitter? <laughs> Sometimes like, have you ever like accidentally gone down a weird rabbit hole off like a political retweet and seen yes. like, do you know that there's Twitter that exists outside of black Twitter? What a miserable place. What a, It's such a miserable place. Su- I'm like, is this what oh y'all are God. using Twitter for? And it's so <laughs> funny, like what people will use their time for. Cause I remember. Remember, like I, I've actually stopped tweeting for the most part. I don't, I don't tweet. I don't Facebook. Instagram is just kind of my jam. Um, like a, like last year, I was doing like a social media detox, so I deleted everything off my phone. And then, like four weeks later, I realized that I had never put Twitter back on. And then I just kind of stopped using it. Um, Also, Twitter's a lot less fun since the 2016 election. Let's keep it 100. God, it is. So (laughs) I was just going to say, like, I used to be, like, after the, the 2016 election, like, there was a moment in time where I was just, like... I, I was just so, so rabbit holy with politics, right? Like it was actually like making me sick because I was just so shocked and devastated, um, at the outcome. And I had like, you know, so I was constantly tweeting about Trump and I was right. constantly adding him and being like, you ain't shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, shout to insecure writer and star Natasha Rothwell, who faithfully every day still tweets to remind Donald Trump that he's not shit really every single day in some form of words. So, yo, by the way, like every single day, it's like, it's amazing. Dude, and his like minions <laughs> came for me and they started leaving like bad book reviews on my Amazon oh, and like all this stuff. 
stuff. And I was like, kind of time. who are you awful people? Imagine having um, that kind of time. I know. And, and, and just that kind of passion mm-hmm. behind something like that, like behind another person disagreeing. Listen, it's just very yeah. It's, it's the, just a the, bizarre the election. Space. We could do a whole podcast about the election yeah, and not. that we yeah. It's <laughs> we are in a weird time, guys. But anyway, yeah. The whole point is black Twitter is everything popping. And um, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about our origin story a little bit. I have a few little twists and turns. I want to take this conversation, but so I want to talk about how we met. Like yes. I think. I know we met in like 2012. Yes. Um, and I think before that, like Instagram was just starting to, people were just kind of starting to Instagram. Like you'd get maybe like 10 likes on your picture and be like, oh, yeah. wow, 10 people saw this. I'm in double digits now. What? <laughs> um, but I remember at that time, like Twitter was heavy. I used to be super heavy on Twitter. And so I knew that we, I had never met you. You were living in New York. I knew that we had like a lot of mutuals. A lot so of I had mutuals. seen your name and, you know, I had seen some of your content and I was like, oh, she seems so cool. And then at that time I was, I was working with Sway on Sirius XM and we were about to shoot a spread in the source magazine. That's what it was. I can remember I helped it was him for. like launch the show. Like yeah. I was the original co-host of the show. And so we were doing like a lot of press about it and a lot of different like cool stuff. And I remember I hit, uh, my girl, Vanessa, Vanessa was on the show. Wait, was Vanessa like, was how, Vanessa was who referred me to you? Yeah. That's I didn't how we know got that. Shout out to Vanessa. I was like, Vanessa, I need a makeup artist. Like we're going to shoot something in the morning. Like, I don't know what to do. What to, and she was like, okay, I got you. Let me get my girl, Joanna. And then I remember you came in the studio and we were like interviewing Ice Cube that day. And in between interviewing Ice Cube, like when we go to music, you would do my makeup. Like you would run up and like do my makeup. <laughs> And we just like super hit it off. And so much so that after I got off work, like you came with me to my house that yes. day, that same day that oh we met. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we, we connected. Also, by the way, Sway used to be on the radio in the Bay too. Yes. So there's like that other weird Bay Area connection we have. Okay. He's such a national treasure, but I mean, yeah. I, what a living legend. Love yeah. Him. Yeah. Truly. Um, yeah. That is so funny. And then we went to, I remember, I still remember your apartment. Oh my gosh. I loved it. We looked in that building too for a minute, and I was that like, "Yeah, no, no, I can't live in Times so Square. That apartment God. was fire, but that location was it's not so the wave for relaxing. Like it was expensive <laughs> at the time, but the rent has gone up. Like I, what, oh, my sure. last trip to New York, like I went by because sometimes I'll still go by and say what's up to like the doorman at the building or the the bodega owner next door, which he still remembered me. So now it's like my pilgrimage every New York trip is to go say hi to him. Some, like, yeah, like, LA's the best, but like New York's the best. Too. That's yeah. the best. New York is special. <laughs> yeah. But now, like, the rent went up, like, legitimately Thousands. 50%. Like, yeah, yeah it was insane. I'm I was sure. like, oh, I could, I wouldn't still be living here if I yeah. was in New York. <laughs> Who can afford this? By the way, we were living in Williamsburg. I couldn't even believe, they put up new buildings all around us. And when I saw the rent, I was like, who actually can afford to live here? It's and crazy. the buildings would, like, fill up. I'm like, what? What yeah. is that gentrification? I, I'm really like, obsessed with, like, watching Refinery29's, um, where I live for how much like IGTVs they do. Oh, I've never I'm obsessed. Seen this. And so they highlight different people and what their apartments look like. Like for $1,500 a month, this is where I live for $3,000 a month. This is where I live. And it goes everywhere. So you have like people in the Midwest, California, New York, and you just see like the differences, like the person in New York, I pay $12,000 a month and they're in a closet and you're like, Oh, nothing make you more <laughs> upset than watching like house hunters or like oh, flip or flop. 
up oh or God. love it or list it or fix her up. It was me, the couch and HGTV dude all day. I just got my nails done and they had fixer upper on and someone bought a house for $90,000 and they had a $300,000 total all in budget. So for $300,000 with the renovation, they got this like five bedroom masterpiece ranch. I was like, yeah, wow. But I mean, but and then like you have to live in Waco, Texas. Yeah. So. They're all in like Waco or like college station. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like football that much. Yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, right, right, right. right. No, I can't have that house no, in okay. Hollywood. No. Okay. Yeah. No. I want to talk about like your journey into being a makeup artist because I think now especially too like makeup has become such a phenomenon in our world like especially with like YouTube and Instagram and like you have all of these like rising stars and all of these like styles that didn't exist 10 years ago that people are rocking like the heavy contour or the well they existed but they existed in like a lesser, like a more in, subtle, in smaller, in doses. in in niche areas. Yeah. Like in, when you would go to like an amazing drag show, you would see like makeup yeah. at this level, things like that, and yeah. that has really crossed over to like a mainstream look, like everyday look, an yeah. everyday look. Yeah, which is an, an interesting switch because I feel like for years makeup has been marketed as you know enhancing, not transforming, and ah, now makeup is being about marketed as transforming rather than enhancing. It's interesting because I feel like everything right now. Is as being marketing as transforming from and and literally on every level like on a physical level mm-hmm. like you'll have one end of the spectrum transform through the fitness craze or on the other end of the spectrum transform through surgery mm-hmm. then you have like transform your soul transform your mind like everything right now everything's is being about, marketed like, as like how you are is not right and so like that's a much deeper bigger issue yeah um but so when you, yeah. yeah, when you, so you, let me, let's start with your origin story. Cause you actually worked in like advertising before you even yeah. got into makeup and makeup was your second career. And like right now I talk about that a lot cause I'm on kind your of my second, second career. career, you know? And it's like, I think a lot of people, but you're like merging them beautifully right now. Oh, love this. <laughs> oh I mean, you know, <laughs> she's wearing now. like evil eyes, but she has like the microphone in front of her. It's very old Debbie and new <laughs> Debbie. Yes. That's my goal is to like intersect the two. Yeah. The two I mean, I think like, that's like me, yeah, but. like I think every part of you contributes to who you are now. Yeah. So I worked, um, I did marketing and PR for a beauty brand. So it was always beauty for Carol's daughter again shout to major black girl magic very organically um and I think also probably uh, on that note uh, learning how to do marketing and PR through that lens of black girl magic Mm. before black girl magic hashtag like was even like a thing you know what I mean like we sort of like set that tone for it in like literally like 2005 with like Jada and Mary and then like Beyonce and Jay invested and it was like it was just like a big thing we were like you know you know Lisa was into Lisa Price who is Carol's daughter you know she was into her natural hair way before like natural hair was a thing you know what I mean people would come to her when they were like I'm transitioning before like transitioning was even like a word you know what I mean they're like before you had like the numbers and the curl type and right it was just like when you just wanted to like you were like I think I don't want to relax my hair anymore and you would go knock on Lisa's brownstone door and she would like whip you up something to like get your curls in order like that I mean so like yeah the origins of like a lot of pop and black girl magic we could definitely like shout out lisa price just for kind of like you know pushing the like love your natural hair vibe early um so for me coming in and learning so it was like a twofold it was her and then it was steve stout who is we all know like a master marketer um so to like learn marketing and advertising from somebody like him 
centered around, you know, for lack of a better word that didn't exist at that time, black girl magic, it almost created this like perfect storm, I think for me and just naturally how I'd grown up and knowing so many beautiful black women and just kind of always feeling like black women were so like the skin, the hair. Like when I was young, I just remember like the women that I looked at, I like loved Halle Berry when I was young. I was like, why don't I look like her? Not like some random blonde cover girl. You know what I mean? So I think like just sort of having this real appreciation for the beauty of black women um, mixed with understanding, respect and, and, you know, a, a deeper story of like, this is why our hair is such a big deal. This is why, you know, anything like this is, this is why this stereotype exists that we don't like to swim because we don't want to get our hair, like learning all those things from like that business side of it yeah. and, and sort of like learning how to speak to that need, I think gave me also like a unique path to sort of when I did veer off and do makeup um, to just sort of like understanding the needs of black girl magic. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, the things that like black women weren't being served in beauty um, to make them feel beautiful. Like mm. we talked about, like the magazine covers, like the lighting's not right. And you, I mean, we know this story a million times over, like there's no foundation colors for us. There's no, you. I, I could look at your range right now and know that my color doesn't exist. And you know, there's like a whole bunch of like issues with beauty still where like you need to sell multiple colors because yeah. there are naturally multiple tones in brown women's faces that are not in lighter women's faces. And um, to just sort of understand that and to, to see that and to know how to enhance that, I think all those things kind of snowballed so that when I left Carol's Daughter, I decided I wanted to move to LA. Um, and I was like, I'm not gonna get another job. I wanna just do makeup. I really love it. I'd been doing stuff on the side. And how did you how did you come to love doing makeup and how did you start that process? Was that something that like the sparks of that passion existed in your childhood? Yeah. I loved it. It's so funny. My oldest friend in the world that I've known since I'm two years old, she's like nature girl, like you know, Northern California, crunchy, like she doesn't wear any makeup. Her aunt always was like really glam. Like she was always be in the bathroom, like doing makeup. And I've known this girl since I'm two. Like we would spend the night at her aunt's house. We would, you know, we would just get shuttled around like between all our families. I was like, she's this girl's like my sister. It's so funny. My best friend just mentioned me. She's like, I just remember you would like sit in the bathroom and like watch my aunt do her makeup like all the time. I mean, like six years old, eight years old. I was fascinated with it. I was like, this is crazy. And I remember my aunt gave me one of those like little cheesy, you know, you like open the box and there's like 80 eyeshadows and then cream blushes yes, and little cheesy. Yeah. Bo- and, and I got that like from. And then like the little foam. Yeah, the little foam applicators is, I mean, the worst. But in like complete mix of bacteria now that I'm a professional, I'm like, oh my God, these things are so gross. But anyway, now my daughter gets them, which is I'm like, okay, we're done with this. (laughs) Um, But I remember I got that from my aunt for like a birthday or Christmas. I definitely was in elementary school. I had it. My mom told me I couldn't play with it. I couldn't bring it to school. My mom was like super feminist, like she would like to make them now but like when she was younger she was like very anti like makeup and very, she was like grew up in new york and san francisco like burn your bra the whole thing mm. and um i remember she came to pick me up after school one day and i was like playing on my friends like we were all putting the makeup on each other and she like got so pissed threw it in the garbage like i told you can't play with this like i was so upset um it's so funny because now, of course, she'll like ask me to do her makeup and I'll be like, do you remember? Right. I'm just saying. When you try to crush my dreams. <laughs> you remember when you just tried to kill all the vibes? Um, and she's like, I do not recall that. Anyway, I'm like, I vividly remember it. But yeah, so I loved it from always. And I would do everyone's makeup, like all my friends, whatever, you know, from like the cheapest, whatever stuff we had, you know, you 
going into our parents' drawers and pulling out like old Revlon single color, you know what I mean? But just playing with it and like understanding like where to put light, where to put dark and just kind of like learning from like young, young and playing with it. Um, And I remember like when I, so when I, I'm old, when I (laughs) was like in my twenties, makeup wasn't a thing the way it is now. And I was already wearing it. I loved it. And I loved, you know, enhancing my eyes. And I would do like bronzer as like contour before I even really knew what highlight and contour was. And I remember I moved to New York and I think maybe like in California girls were wearing more makeup, but like in New York girls were not wearing makeup yet. Mm. And I remember I'd get like a lot of attention on the street which I mean whatever New York street harassment is New York street harassment (laughs) but it was like OD and I was like wow like me and this other girl that I knew that was from LA like she also she would wear like a beat like she was wearing the she was wearing the Instagram beat back then I was like this is intense um but like yeah we would get a lot of attention I was like god makeup really is like transformative and attention getting and things like that so it just made me like really want to play with it and understand it and now it's like I mean this probably sounds just like foreign to anyone now to be like what it was revolutionary that you were wearing makeup I'm like hey every Everyone looks like they're my Instagram explore page now. But like, yeah, at that time it was so it was like a thing that I loved early. And I think before and maybe it was because Instagram wasn't a thing and social media and we, we weren't seeing that like there were these pockets of people that were into it. Um, and it made me really love it. And um, I had a friend who was a makeup artist and she would call me and have her assist. And she's like union. She does like tv shows and everything now like she's on like shameless i think like she does big shows but she um would call me in to assist her and i would like literally call out at carol's daughter and like go assist her but it was like great to like learn how to be on set and i was just so into it so then when i decided that i wanted to move to la i was just like this is definitely what i want to do i Mm. don't want to get a job again like i can't go in an office i'm gonna go crazy so i'm just gonna do this yeah and it was yeah i mean it was you know you gotta fall before you fly, right? It was rough in the beginning, but it also yeah. wasn't so saturated at that time. Yeah. So I was able, and I had a ton of contacts, um, which was great. Cause I don't think, I mean, I, now it's like a whole different, like the way that makeup artists started when I started was like, you would build a book and you would test shoot and you'd create a portfolio and you would share your portfolio. Now it's like Instagram, get your Instagram, following up, tag yeah. people, get your, get your following up. You know what I mean? That's how you get eyes on you. So the, the old version of that was build your book. I didn't do it that way and I probably wouldn't have done it the Instagram way now either although I did definitely use social media to my advantage um but I definitely had great contacts and I had a PR and marketing background so that was right when Twitter was popping off and you know even though I was barely busy I just really knew how to so like twofold a I knew how to use like Twitter at that time to my benefit, which was to make it sound like I was busy and popping. But because I had an old school advertising marketing PR background, I already knew the like, don't blow your load on the, on the, on the, like now they put on call sheets, like no social media, no photos because people were just like Instagramming everything. These like kids that don't know any better. And then like the whole project is being like put online and everything's leaking before, like no one wants to present their art that way. Like your music video, you're working on the movie, the commercial, the photo, you can't post those photos ahead of time. Now they put that on call sheets. Mm. I knew that already. So I was, I was like, if I say so myself, pretty masterfully using Twitter and at that time, because Twitter had just started, it was like that time where like you literally would just like import your address book and be like, do you want to follow each other? So yeah. because I had this amazing address book of like publicists, managers, yeah. beauty reps, you know, artists, like famous people that would like because we were in each other's contacts because of my previous job, like every, we would all follow each other. Yeah. So I had like a really good following to speak to. 
immediately without having to yeah. like buy followers, tag them, yell into yeah. the void to get attention. You know, it was like I a perfect storm. Oh, Twitter. Twitter was so like between like 2008 and 2011. Yeah, like at most 12. 12. It was so fun and popping and just like it was like when we would all watch to catch a predator together yeah like that was like (laughs) premium elite twitter yeah yeah it was like it was it was a really special time that um yeah it'll never be recreated yeah no now everything is and same thing with instagram like everything is like there's no i don't even know that there's a, a way to organ like every like it's almost like at that time everyone wasn't on to social media yeah and you know only industry people did only industry only people industry did it. people were on Twitter absolutely like, and now everyone is I think you know what's so funny too is I always think about like in the eighties that like people that understood like the internet and like chat rooms were considered like nerds and like whatever and now it's like you look at someone who's not on social media and you're like you're not on any social media what kind of nerd like you know what I mean yeah and it's like it's cool now to understand but it was also like at that time you had to really understand like coding and things like that to like really understand how to get on a chat room and now it's like obviously I used to think I was fire at coding like when I had a myspace page oh hell yeah you own music and it was like lights and what I used to have like little glitter coming down like rain on my page. Can we discuss <laughs> that Tom from MySpace taught an entire generation how to code though? I know. And then Facebook took it from us. Tom, a real one. <laughs> By the way, don't feel bad for Tom because I remember one time someone posted on Twitter, whatever happened to Tom from MySpace, that, that dude just fell off the eighth face of the earth and he retweeted something like, uh, my company got bought for 500 million and I'm fucking your mom in Bermuda or something. Oh, I was like, whoa, shot to Tom from MySpace. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> I was like, whoa, come back. <laughs> so now. Are you all about the NBA action? You got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. In this in this evolution of you, you are a mom of a four-year-old. I am. She's amazing. She's perfect. And you know how, like, is, so your daughter, she's biracial. She is. But she will be seen as and received as a black woman in society. Absolutely. How do you, is that something that you think about? All the time. Really? All the time. Um. Not so much. It's funny because as as much as I talk about sort of like being like an open ear for like understanding and listening, there's just no way. And I know that there's no way I could understand really what it means to walk in the world as a black woman. I could listen and and I can yell as much as I can about like injustices and things that are not right and, and try to fix them in my own small ways whether that's just sort of like helping set a beauty trend where that that like black is beautiful whatever those things are but I can never like I don't I don't know what that feels like Mm -hmm. and I never could um so I I think about that a lot actually I think about it almost every day honestly because you know I do her hair every day I intentionally stock her bookshelves with brown faces constantly like all my all her entire bookshelf is inclusive of like something. I love the books you have for and you've gotten quests so many amazing books mm, I'm but so like, big on starting it early when I was at your house like I was doing story time with her and she had this beautiful book and it was about all like the colors of of like black womanhood and so uh, you had every shade I'm a pretty represented. little black girl I love yes. that book and she was like book. Debbie that's you look this one's me and it was just so like so I could just see her like I don't want to say wheels turning because she's not giving it that much thought, but it just, it was so effortless, her understanding of race, her understanding of like colorism at that age. Like it was just, yeah, it's like, I don't want to, it's such a weird dance. And I'm sure that that's a, a dance that someone that who has a, a a child of any ethnicity that's not white, a full one that yeah. that you that you ha- you think about in the like you send your you're going to send your son into the world and he's going to be a black man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you think about it, and you know, it, it it's like at what age do you sort of like kill the innocence mm. of of like what does it mean that the world sees you this way? Yeah. Um. And so right now, obviously, I'm not trying to do that, but we also will read books like you know, there's a lot of children's books that we read where like it'll be a story about. Um, someone maybe that had to like that was encouraged to like change their name to something that sounded Russian because like you're a ballerina and like ballerinas are supposed to be Russian and you could pass as Russian so wow and so funny so we I had talked with a friend of mine who's a mother um, and she her children are 
beautiful blonde blue eyes like she's white her husband's white and but she's also very woke and she like she kind of wanted to talk to her pediatrician about I think it was more it wasn't a specific race question but it was about like um I think it was like a birds and bees question and the pediatrician had told her just like across the board read the story as it is and then just field the questions as they come Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like don't over explain anything because like their brain isn't processing it yet yeah so like when I read her the stories of like people being encouraged to change their name or whatever part of me wants to be like but because they said this and don't you think this is wrong but I'm just like I'm just gonna let her ask yeah because I feel like you know they're gonna receive the information when they once they're thinking about the question that means that their brain now is gonna be ready to like process the answer a little bit better Mm. um but yes I, I think about it every day um I I just I do my best do you know what I mean I, yeah. I give her the I, I right now she's four I fill her bookshelf with brown books I intentionally make sure that um she sees amazing black women and all women honestly I don't want to like all lives matter the whole thing but like I definitely want her to see like amazing sure. women yeah um and it's funny because my husband is the one who's like because we have like a lot of amazing black art up in our home which is like I kind of push for it I'm like let's put this up we have like an amazing Hebrew Brantley like fly girl like it's literally like framed in her room um and I we have like Kadir Nelson's up and things like that and he's like and I have like these vintage like makeup posters like Revlon that have like these like 1950s white women whatever and I was like ah, he's like no he's like you should put one of those put it up in the bathroom he's like he's like don't erase that you're also part of her you know what I mean but it it is like this weird thing because to your point the world is gonna see her as a black woman it kind of like it matters that I'm here as her mom but like does it matter that she's white not in America like maybe in other places but like here we've kind of made it so it doesn't like I see I see both sides of it because I definitely get what he's saying like your your story and your life and your family history are monumentally important but then also coming from your perspective it's kind of like well the world will teach her about being white she's going to see plenty she'll, of beautiful white women on billboards yeah, you know what I mean yeah. I want I want in her house to see I want her to see beautiful black women and, mm. and black men being amazing you know what I mean I'm yeah. like I, like she'll see white women on magazine covers regardless on billboards yeah on tv you know what I mean it just kind of is what it is um yeah so you know what? I, yeah. like so much because now we're both parents you right. know I I think about child rearing as a whole constantly which I guess is pretty obvious because my kid is one um Mm. but just when I like the kind of struggle I have a little bit with thinking about the ways in which like the sacred guiding I will do of him will shape him is like when I when I bring into play like my own spiritual work right like how much is like what are the best ways to share like tools for wholeness with this tiny soul that can't comprehend much yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like I, I'm in this, um, I'm in this program right now. I'm doing, um, some second career schooling, I guess I should say. Um, but I'm doing like a couple different, I'm doing like a collegiate, uh, psychology program. And I'm also doing a spiritual psychology program right now, um, uh, that I'll be doing like for the next, I've almost finished one year and I have like two more years to go. Um, and you know, one of the things I noticed, cause my, my class is filled with such a mix of people. So you have people that, that 
experienced severe traumatic harm in their family lineage and their personal lives, like lots of generational trauma um, that are starting to awaken. You have, I, I guess I would put myself in the category of someone that has been journeying for, for close mm-hmm. to a decade. So I'm still learning and growing, but I am very awake and aware of a lot and I've made a lot of shifts. And then you have people who were raised in this, right? Like like a couple classmates that I met have been doing like Kundalini yoga since they were two years old, right? Like they've been going to ashram since they were children. But this is what I've noticed. And this is what I think about constantly. And I hope I can, it's a lot going on in this head, y'all. So I hope that I can (laughs) word it in a way that, that is receivable. But what I've noticed about all of us, about the experience of being a human being is at a soul level, we always crave what we were missing on both sides of the spectrum. So if you came from a problematic household, your soul is really searching to experience peace you're really longing to have this ideal of the quote unquote perfect family or perfect relationship or things like that. But you're kind of pulled into your natural reset of dysfunction because that was your normal. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, what I found is when I meet people that were raised with this like raised by deeply awakened parents that put them into this kind of highly, highly spiritual environment is a lot of them are very apathetic their soul is craving suffering. Their soul is craving chaos. So a lot of, a lot of the people that I've met in that space actually go through these phases where they are seeking out harmful experiences because they don't know what they're like. It's right? almost like um, the good girl raised in the suburbs that wants to go out with like the bad boy. You're missing, exactly. you're missing that feeling. And that's how all of us are because if like earth is our school and we're here to learn something, that's why life could never be fair. And we which is never kind of a callback to what we talked about earlier about how everything's being marketed to transform. Yeah. Like we humans crave transformation we crave tra- because you know what it is. It is our natural state that we have run from for so long. Like when people even say stuff like, oh, people don't change. Now, listen, there are people that maybe in this lifetime, it's not their destiny to change because there are some stubborn people that Mm. will hold on to their toxicity till the Mm. day Mm. they get in the ground. But our natural setting is change. Like if you look at nature, fall, like the transformation of fall, right? The cycle of life and death, the cycle of day to night, the cycle of, you know, um, everything we see in every moment, like really speaks to the, the fundamental, not just desire, but responsibility to change in every moment, you know? So then almost... And I kind of get where you were going with that as far as like what, what was missing. So like I should be represented well, in there. No, 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 no. But I'm, all, I'm, I'm more so speaking of like the way I'm, I'm really like unraveling a lot of thoughts of what I want my, my parenting journey to look like. Well, that's what I was going to say. Cause I'm like, does that mean that no matter, like you should almost like you want to be this perfect parent and create a perfect home and all these things, but it's almost like then they're just going to go seek out that toxicity. But like, you don't want to be intentionally yeah. toxic. It's a very fine line. You don't want to be too like, too, what's the word? Like when you're very like, Hel- like helicopter coddling your yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like you don't like, I don't, on one hand, I don't want to like pad quest fall too much. Right. Like I don't right. want to make his life so like puppies and butterflies and rainbows. And, um, because then I don't, 
I want to be able to cultivate resilience in him because he will not be in my household forever. He will be in the world and the world is a very and it's challenging so place. goes against our nature as a mom. Like I you know. just want to protect them with everything. But then everything. on the flip side, I'm like, no, like I don't want him getting disappointed. I want him getting hurt. Your I don't precious want precious baby. Like, my precious, my precious precious gift from God, you know, uh, it's, listen. So it's, just, it's such like a, it's such a dance. And, and I guess that's the thing that I'm really experiencing right now is the idea of surrendering to what the parenting journey is and knowing that no matter how good my intention is, like his spiritual curriculum is his spiritual curriculum. He will have the experiences placed in his life that he is meant to play, have in his life on a soul level to learn and uncover what he's meant to know, no matter if I'm a great mom or a bad mom. Like life, he will experience life in the way that his soul signed up to experience it. And, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know how you feel about like reincarnation and, and things like that, but, you know, I... Oh, a hundred. Yeah. I think like, I'm about that. Life. You know, your soul. Is, <laughs> and I, we had this conversation, I think one night, um, that this was the night, like we really bonded. We like went to this dinner for like four hours and had this really yeah. crazy, deep spiritual conversation. That's also, like super us, like me and you were the friends that like, ev- like if we're in the same city at the same time before we became neighbors, Damn. Um, <laughs> cause now that's every day. <laughs> like literally, I remember this one time that we were like, I was like, girl, like I'm in New York, but I have to leave in two hours. You were like, meet me at the Met. <laughs> that's the museum in New York. The and Metropolitan. we were like, let's spend an hour walking the museum and catching up. And mm-hmm. that's like kind of our thing. Like we yeah. like to be walking, experiencing, and then having these like deep conversations, deep conversations. over delicious food. Yeah, it's um, the food, high level the food, food is VV important. <laughs> but I re- so we were talking about, I remember this conversation because I, th- I had had this conversation one time. So I remember I was younger and I kept having a recurring dream. And I think I told you about this, but you probably don't remember it. So I was, I would be in the mirror and I was me. And then I was like, I found like a, I was like a young me, I don't know, 17 or something. And I found like a facial hair and I would like, I shaved it and I shaved it again and it kept growing and growing until it was like a full beard. And I looked in the mirror and realized I was a boy and I was a French boy. And I, French. It, was, it was such a weird thing. I was very clear that I was a French boy. Wow. It was, but I started as me in the mirror. And I remember telling my mom about the dream. and I was like, I keep having this dream. It's so weird. And my mom is, um, she's not a religious person at all, but she has a sense of spirituality that is goes back to like her kind of like hippie, you know, floaty. And she said that she feels that, you know, she believes strongly in reincarnation. And she thinks that like whatever we call God is sort of all the soul. It's like, you know, how matter is neither created nor destroyed. It's just kind of transferred. Like all of the energy of the universe is God and it's all of our souls. And you kind of get sent back to live it again and again and again until you're a whole person. Yes. And then you, then you're done. Then you get to go be part of God. You know what I mean? Like that's what she can, she's like, she's like, yeah, Yeah, she's like, it's not like some guy sitting on a throne saying, I smite you. She's like, no, she's like, this is, that's why we have to be responsible for the energy that we bring into every space because we're all part of the same thing so it's interesting that you say like quest journey is going to be his journey like whatever he signed up for because we don't you don't know yet if he's an old soul if he's a young because you've definitely met people where it's like they're brand new and then you've met people where you're like oh this might be your last go round like a year and you you meet three-year-olds that are like wise and I don't mean like smart like they can like they are just soul wise yeah and then you meet 50 year old men where you're like oh honey you're brand new 
you got so yeah. many spins around this planet. Like, well, I'll catch you next time. Like, it's so interesting because like that's given me so much grace for everyone I come in contact absolutely. with in my life. Because even if we're all in the same school per se, like. I might be working on my master's right now and you're mastering kindergarten, right? And there's no, it doesn't mean I'm better than you. Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, that that there's this like leveling happening. It just means like we are meant to learn different things this go around. And I, I'm super convinced that there are some people that they're just, like in this lifetime, they're just meant to experience humanity and learn how to survive, right? So as long as the core of their needs are met, like they are putting food in their stomach and have somewhere to sleep. Like that's pretty much the the entirety of what their growth is going to be because that's their destination, this trip, you know, yeah. like this incarnation of my life, I was always destined to be a seeker. I was always destined to be deeply curious about myself and the world so that I could unlock new levels of me and like end patterns and stop some generational trauma from moving forward to all of my descendants, you know? Absolutely. And I, yeah. And it's just like you, what, like you meet people where they are. Yeah. And I think that's how you give people grace, right? Like you, you just kind of, I mean, and listen, and some people like, it doesn't mean you have to force everyone into your space. If they're not good yeah. for your space, they're not good for your space. But I like you can, I think like everyone would just get along better and everyone, the, the world would just be so much calmer if people could just sort of allow grace, just like where we talk about, like where someone has time to get online to like, we disagree about this one fundamental thing. And now you have time to come and write bad book reviews and think right, like, it's just right, like, right. it's just like, can we just give each other a little bit of grace here? Like, it's fine guys. Like we can disagree on this It's fine. I didn't say you were deplorable, even though I implied it. Like, <laughs> anyway, we're, okay, yeah. we're not talking about politics, but um, no, I. But agree. also, also just being in full acceptance of what the reality of whatever situation is, and I think mm -hmm. pe a lot of people mix up like the true definition and intention of the word acceptance. Acceptance does not mean to agree, yeah. right? Like, acceptance doesn't mean like someone does something bad to you, I accept it. So that means that you are encouraging it or you're in support of their treatment. It just means that you accept that this is the reality of what is now in this moment. And your life will be so much smoother. It doesn't mean smoother. you don't want it to change. It doesn't mean that you are not going to change it. It just means that you're not fighting your reality in every moment and causing your own suffering by trying to make life something that it just is not right now. God you know? grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Yeah. The yeah. courage to change the things I can and the yeah. wisdom to know the difference. That's literally what that quote is yes. about. Do you know what I mean? But so, we get so caught up in the use of accept yeah. to mean that allow. We think accept means allow and it doesn't. Accept really just means to be kind of it's only, in that's present like, observation coexist. of what is currently coexist true with what is happening you yeah know what i mean and to yeah to not fight it and I, and weirdly kind of going back to like growing up in the bay area like in the 80s and 90s i always try to explain to people i'm like that is that was sort of the energy at that time yeah. it was and i think that that if you meet people like a carly hustle or ali wong or, or me or the, the ebro maybe like people that um you might meet with and maybe like they have strong opinions about things. You'll find that most of their strong opinions are sort of almost like would be considered like socialism opinions, where it's just sort of like, because we, that, I think that 
pocket of the country at that time was very live and let live. Yeah. You know, it was very accepting. Like, you know, we were, you know, obviously like Harvey Milk was like the first gay mayor and Mayor Moscone, or the, he was a supervisor and Mayor Moscone. And like, you know, th- that just like it, be- it w- San Francisco has always been um, a much more accepting place. Like I think about, like I read so much this year because it was um, the fifth, 50th, 40th, 50th anniversary of Stonewall riots Mm. um, during World Pride and reading about that experience that like so many trans men and women had and gay men and women had in a city like New York that is touted for being so accepting and, and just, and just hearing with, and then like knowing like the history of like my city and what gay and trans people went through in at that time. And just kind of like, I'm like, no, you guys don't know from accepting, like this Mm. is an accepting place. And again, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean like I agree or this is my life. It's just kind of like we coexist together, whether it's good or bad in your mind or not. Mm. Um, And I think like growing up, in that energy all the time just kind of leads to um calm like I don't I don't know that it doesn't like when we talk about like what's missing I don't know that you're going to necessarily now always feel calm but like for me it's worked like I'm I generally feel calm unless I see something that I feel is so um blatantly against humankind which you know to your point I can be very loud politically on social media Um, but it's it's just sort of like an outrage and I just feel like there's a difference um, when the outrage has to do with basic humanity or when the outrage is based on like your personal Personal views about something you know what I mean and I think like understanding like being able to take a step back and like looking at is this my personal preference or is this like our basic needs of humanity being met to your point i'm outraged when the basic needs of humanity are not being met yeah you know what i mean i mean it's it's even in all like my namaste glory it is like it's deeply difficult to navigate um ignorance yeah (laughs) you know Uh, like there was this meme that went around on instagram recently and it was like i'm in therapy because of all the people in my life who are not in therapy (laughs) and i'm like "Ah!" (laughs) you're like i need this on a (laughs) t-shirt same 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 oh you know the lingua franca sweaters (laughs) those like embroidered sweaters i'm gonna get you one with that saying on it that's gonna be my gift to you oh girl (laughs) yes like because lord yeah a word a word but that's really what it is it's like how can we how can we seek our own growth and then manage our experience of still living with the rest of humanity and, and not letting it engulf us, you know? And then I like that. That's when like your self care has to come in a little bit and however you practice your self care, whether it's a meditation or crystals or a workout or a social media detox, what's your self care? The gym for sure is my self care. I love it. Um, which is funny because like, I'm not like per se, I'm not like a fitness girl. Like I'm not like in, sh- I look fine in my clothes. I'm not in shape. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, you look pretty fire to me. Oh, thank you. But no, like, I, thank you. I saw that I re- ass when I you re- walked in. I received that. Thank you. <laughs> Let me learn how to take a compliment. Thank you. Um, just the, um, whether it's a placebo effect or not, like the endorphin rush from a yeah. workout, like I just kind of set you in a great mood for the day. So I always see like that meme going around on like workout Instagram, which is like a work a one hour workout is 4% of your day. Like, and I'm just like, that's mm. like, it's 4% of your day. Like just, and honestly, like it will reset your whole day for me. Like it, it just gets your energy up. It gets your mood up. Like you could be pissed off walking in the gym and feel great. At, Cause you just gotta, you know, you open up your blood vessels and you just get your energy moving. Um, I love a spa moment. Like sometimes I just like, I have a very 
physically demanding job. Um, and also like mentally. And I think like that's something that gets discounted. Maybe not so much in any job where like you're very close, but I think like, especially like in celebrity makeup, there is, um, and hair too, but especially makeup, just cause I'm like right in someone's face. Um, like maybe the hairstylist can't hear cause they have a blow dryer on or whatever, but like me and the client are like talking and it is a, the client, like you're there to service the client, right? And the client is getting ready to go on a red carpet, go on television, go do a photo shoot, whatever it is. They have to present their best face to the world. Um, so it's part of your job is to make them look good, but part of your job is to also like make them feel good. Like you got to pull someone out of, you know, I've done like Issa's makeup two hours after we heard like Nipsey was murdered. Mm. I have done, um, you know, someone's makeup right when they found out a, a loved one passed away. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like the interviews don't wait. The photo shoot doesn't stop. Um, and yeah. I've had multiple publicists, Vanessa included, tell me that, you know, one thing I love is that I can get you in there because I also like, A, I know they're going to look great, but B, like, I know that like, I'm going to get like the person that I need. You know what mm. I mean? Because it's like, like you can't send like a, a celebrity out to do an interview and they are just closed and down or upset or that, you know what I mean? Like you got to pull them out of that mood so that when they walk out of that room, they're like, hey, the flip side of that is that, like we said, like energy doesn't disappear. It just yeah. exchanges. Yeah. So if you're in a funk and I'm pulling you out of it, that funk is going somewhere. Uh. Do you know what I mean? So it's a very emotionally draining job. Sometimes people are like, what music do you, I'm like, yeah, I love nothing more than just get in my car and like turn the radio off after a long day. Cause yeah, I'm like, everyone's been talking. I've heard everyone's energy. It's like chit chat, chit chat. And I'm just like, I just need silence before I go home to a four-year-old who is chatterbox you know what I mean so I'm like yeah I I don't know where she gets that from anyway (laughs) um but yeah so uh, honestly like silence is my self-care so if I can mix it with a massage I love that like but people are like do you want a playlist I'm like if you could like turn the music totally off honestly for the massage like this sounds great like your pool trinkling right now (laughs) is such a great sound to me I'm like I should sleep with a sound machine because like every time I turn it on in my daughter's room I'm like this is delightful yeah (laughs) it's funny you say that because like something that I just did for myself was I got on Amazon one of those it's like a big circle it's from Philips big circle and it's like a uh, like a daylight light like a oh it's like an ambient light and it like it gradually gets brighter to ease you into it I was starting to get really stressed out setting my alarm on my phone and even when I try to put it on the delicate one right like like just like a chimes it's still jarring like it's still starting really abruptly really loud and also no matter what sound it is you know it's your phone and our connection now to our phones is stressful and then for the first thing I do in order just to quiet it is to pick Pick up up my phone phone. and I'm instantly seeing alerts I'm instantly Mm. seeing notifications so like I have a little sleeping bag for my phone now that I got in this retreat that I was on that I put it in there at a certain time I don't look on it until like I've woken up done my meditation like started my coffee smart um but I have like really been enjoying I get awakened by the sound of like grasshoppers and bird chirping and it starts really really light like if I set my alarm for like 6 30 which is like typically in a morning like I try to get up a little bit before quest um and then it'll be that's like that's a mom pro tip right there even if you can give yourself like 15 minutes yeah I'm telling to not you. be awakened by cries <laughs> yes is Clutch. like it's such a gentler start to my day <laughs> like 
it's a, worth it losing the sleep but that, that's free game right there yeah. that's, that's a mom pro tip right there guys <laughs> and so when i set my alarm to like 6 30 right at 6 the light gently starts to slowly over 30 minutes get to like mm. a daylight feel and then the chirping starts like 10 minutes before really low and then it's like chirp 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 tweet, 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 tweet. and i wake up and i feel like almost like damn uh snow white like ha ah. like you know like oh come here little bird like it's just like so lovely <laughs> <laughs> i'm just picturing um, you're like on the balcony like yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like a disney princess <laughs> but it's like like that to me like represents my self-care right now like mm. even if i don't have like time for other things like being able to choose the feeling I will start my day with when I open Easing my eyes. Easing yourself into this world is major oh, self-care. That's, that's a bar. Yeah. yeah. Like that's I'm exactly easing myself into the world because it's a yeah. lot. And it's like, and again, like I know we bring up social media a lot because it, it just exists and it dictates everyone's lives. But like the access that we have now to just so much information and so much energy and even like Instagram is, you know, like you're like, oh, I just Twitter. I didn't like, I'm like, Instagram has like similar energy. It's like you, oh, yeah. you got to choose what you see. And I've set my like now the algorithm messes oh, with you now oh so it's like not God. even what i want to see anyway it's like what Most i've chosen to time. see and it's like yeah. still not what i want to see anymore <laughs> i'm like what the, why am i saying three day old like you know i'm like i don't want to see this like, yeah yeah so yeah and I, i've set like my my alarm on instagram in the back you do end a timer. i do a timer um i think my timer is set to like an hour and five minutes total right so for the whole day for the whole day that's smart I so what i love about that now granted there's some days like where i can't sleep right so i might be up from 4 a.m to 6 a.m just like staring at the ceiling so then like <laughs> i've reached my instagram max by 8 a.m um but well, typically you go to level 784 on candy crush <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it me but now like i've like like now i've kind of if i so i start my day around 6 30 um and now i'm making it without my alarm going off till about 6 p.m so that means like I'm not really on Instagram and when I am I'm probably like posting my own stories or my own stuff um but it's probably like I don't know what uh, this math is gonna be wrong but it's just an example guys but like it might break down to like four minutes out of every hour during that day like I I scrolled you know what I would say is like the great thing I've noticed since moving from New York to LA is I don't spend my time so much in the back of a lift anymore yeah. I'm like my phone screen time in general is just way down because that, yeah. that hour commute that used to be to midtown i'm now driving that myself so obviously i can't scroll right so i'm like oh my screen time is way down like for me it's like if i'm on set and it's just like hours and hours of takes i'm just like okay i'm just yeah. gonna open instagram because let me just yeah or i'm gonna jump out a window like one or the other this for is sure endless. but yeah generally instagram has this positive especially now that i've like really filtered my follows like all i see when i'm on instagram is my close friends or like funny like therapy jargon or like you know like different like diy videos or like self-help like stuff so when i'm on it like i'm actually getting like a lot of ideas like to channel my creativity I'm getting like nourished and fed I don't I don't follow any of like the gossip pages but I also blocked all the gossip pages that's what's smart because it then that it keeps them off algorithm. my yeah, yeah it changes it so I don't see when people post stuff like that like even that I follow and it also doesn't ever come up on my explore feed so like if we were to open my IG right now on my explore feed the only things that you would see is like 
like therapy talk, um, home transformation. Like I love like site, like pages, like the jungle or like, Aww. you know, home decor and crystals Same. and that's it. Or like DIY videos of like Buzzfeed tasty, you know, like, and that's it. So is there any area of like self self care, self help spiritual that, that is cringy to you though? Like, are there people that sort of like self spirituality that's cringy? Because for me, I follow a million makeup artists that I think are phenomenal. Like I follow intentionally like beautifully inspiring, you know, editorial makeup artists and makeup artists I admire and things like that. And then which my explore page thinks means I want to see, you know, ultralight beam highlight on like noses and cheeks with like 17 color macro eye close-ups which like no shade guy like if you do that makeup I I'm a hundred percent I think it's an amazing skill and precision um it's just like not necessarily like what I want to see on my explore page as far as like um, creative inspiration. It's just more like a, a an amazing technical you know skill. Do? I love if to you, watch. If you click on those when then you're on your Explorer page, on the top right, you can click those dots and say, "See less of this." That's what I need to. So do. I've done that. Um, not recently cause I, I've kind of like mastered my page now, like my Explorer page, but I did that before, especially when stuff uh, would pop up that really didn't even like fit into stuff I cared about in my wheelhouse at all. I was oh, like, yeah, there's oh, definitely some less, things that come on and I'm like, what, in, why do you think I want to see this Instagram? Yeah. What in the algorithm based on people you follow? Okay. Everyone needs to be edited. <laughs> I think like, I think with every field and this absolutely includes like the spirituality field there as with everything, there's going to be like the light and dark, there's going to be the levels to it. So like even within, because now especially like positivity is so on trend, spirituality Mm -hmm. is so on trend and mainstreamed in certain ways, you're going to get your levels of it. You're going to get, you're going to get the great, amazing. You're going to get the good. You're going to get the fair. You're going to get the mediocre, the bad and the God awful. And that's in every field that's with every type of industry every type of product so yeah I mean when I'm on there I definitely see a lot of bs positivity I see a lot of like passive aggressive positivity I see a lot of like um people marketing not dealing with their problems as like I'm not doing things that don't serve me. And it's like, well, no, you're just continuing your pattern of avoidance, you know? Right. But then at the same time, I'm not in judgment of it because we're all growing at our own pace. So if that's you in your life, that's okay. That's my thing. I'm like, those pages, I am so glad that they flourish. I'm not in competition with like And that's how I feel. I'm like, this this is not a competition for me. Like I an Instagram page like that and that style of makeup and someone doing makeup on themselves or, or that look, that's not what I do. Yeah. And we're not competing for anything. Um, and again, like, I don't think I'm never like, Oh, you're whack. You're not a good makeup. I'm like, I think that like the skill and the precision that those looks take is like, um, like I don't even have the patience for that precision. Um, I just have a different aesthetic. You know, I kind of think that like our our imperfections are kind of what make us beautiful. And I think that, you know, sometimes these weirdly precise photos are, they just look a little weirdly robotic and androidish to me where I'm like, okay, like very artistic and creative. Um, but maybe just not like for me. So yeah, I think I need to just click the the see less of this because my explore page is, um, well, it's a sight. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is colorful. <laughs> I'm like, wow. 
<laughs> so before before we wrap up and get out of here, um, I like to ask everybody if you have any book suggestions, podcast suggestions, or things that are on your radar that some of the folks listening might want to write down real quick. Oh, wow. I should have researched this question before I came. Okay. Um, true life confession. I, until like a year ago, didn't even know what a podcast was. Uh, Sean had to tell me. I was like, what's that? He's like, you literally have uh, an app on your phone. You can listen to them. I was like, what is this? <laughs> he was like, cause that's when I first You're got like, asked like to be on people podcast. people talking on my phone? Um, yeah. So I actually am like not a huge podcast person. Yeah. Podcast, no, although um, I do love and I have been a guest on this podcast, so I'm probably biased, but um, my Leaks podcast, my yeah. Tachu. Oh, yeah, fire. Every time I've listened to it, it's amazing. And also this girl, Liv Perez, friend of a friend podcast is great. And that's, yeah, and then your podcast, obviously, <laughs> which you guys are already listening, listening. to. Um, um, what, what's like a, a favorite book of yours over the years? Okay, so I have... I'm a bookworm. I'm a nerd. I've been reading my whole life. My mom is an author. Um, and I run the gamut from like really like nonfiction works to like complete, like my trash reading is like historical fiction. Like you gave me anything about the Tudors. I'm obsessed with it. So <laughs> I'm going to give you like a range because someone just the other day, literally yesterday, I think on Twitter, it was a writer who said, I need a palate cleanser. She's like, I need a book that's going to keep me like super engaged that I don't have to think about at all, but I just want to be super entertained by it yeah. and like toss it, which I almost take to think as like a beach read. But by the way, to your point, there's like levels to a beach read. Cause there's like some really crappy beach reads right. out there. One that I'm obsessed with. I don't even know if it's in print anymore, but I think you can find it. It's called bringing home the Birkin. Maybe it's like my fashion thing. I'm obsessed with it. It's a story about, this is like before online shopping and things like that. It's like a story about how this guy basically made himself a millionaire finding the coveted Birkin bag for rich women around the world who couldn't get their hands on it. He like unlocked the secret to how Hermes would sell you a Birkin bag. Cause even now, if you go into like an Hermes store, you can't just walk in and say, I want to buy a Birkin. He like knows the secret. He knows how wow. to do it. And he like, it's, it's just like a fun read. It, you know, you could read it in a couple hours. It's super fun. So I always like recommend What's it that people, called again? Bringing Home the Birkin Bringing by Mo the Birkin. Michael okay. Tanello. I only remember the name because I, I learned this word yesterday. It's a fun I, read. Like the last couple of years, I just read so many like heavy books, like theology, philosophy, like I'm in the middle of the Celestine growth, Prophecy like, right now. Oh, yeah. I've never read it. Um, I'm like struggling to like get into it, though, and everyone has raved about it. I'm like sometimes it, it's. Some of those books, like you have to just, it has to be the right timing, you yeah. know, like, cause I, like one of the books that is my go-to and I talked about this on my IGTV, the untethered soul, hmm. that book is like, that book revolutionized my life. Right. But the first four chapters, I wanted to peel my skin off. Like I was just reading it and I was like, Ugh, this is agonizing. I hate this. <laughs> what are you talking about? But then by the fifth chapter, I was like in Engulfed. And it just, sometimes you just have to push through certain chapters or you need to put it down completely and try again next month. You That's know? what I'm like. I'm like, I put it down. I'm like, I'm going to pick it up again. Cause I really want to read it. Cause people rave about it. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny cause Sean doesn't read a ton and it's like his dog eared really? copy. So I'm like, I got to read lifestyle. this book. Okay. We got to yeah, go. We got to go. We're like way over. Okay. Yeah. I love you so I love much. You. I think you are so brilliant Ooh, and so incredible. Um, and you're just one of the most effortlessly interesting and fascinating people oh my gosh and you always have like great recommendations about everything so i'm your so checks happy in the mail show <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm putting you follow on her on twitter and instagram at joanna simkin that's me 
<laughs> and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Peace. Later. Big thank you for listening to this episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. This show is executive produced by Adrian Scott and me, Debbie Brown. Our theme music was created by producer Day One and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the show. Well, that was created especially for us by award-winning poet Namdi Okafor. If you have a quick moment right now, please hit subscribe on the show. And if you like what you heard, take it a step further and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, you connect with me on IG at Debbie Brown or my website, DebbieBrown.com. Be blessed. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.